Hi, this is Jim Babjack from the Smithereens, and you're listening to Jim and Mike Talk. with us today he's a songwriter guitarist vocalist and according to wikipedia he's also a banker he's <laughs> he's one of the founding members of the rock and ro- great rock and roll band the smithereens let's welcome jim babjack to jim and mike Tuck. hello have you seen yeah. your wikipedia page uh, i can't see yeah you know I, i've been trying to get that banker thing t- taken off <laughs> But uh, uh-huh. somebody keeps changing it, uh, those people that spy on it and stuff. Because apparently yeah. it, was, it was in an article somewhere. So, so that yeah, would anyone, be you or somebody else? Well, anyone you in an edit. Well, no, that is – yeah, no, I've, I've had people try to edit it out, and they keep putting it back in. Uh-huh. I just don't want it up there because it doesn't yeah. define me at all. It's, it, I, oh, do yes. have a, I do have a day job. Uh, I mean, that's why yeah. I have health insurance. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but, but it's, it's just a job, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, I've been doing that from home since March and hopefully I can continue doing that cause it's much better life balance for me. And, and, you know, for that yeah. reason, I'm not commuting. I have more time to write songs and play guitar and do normal stuff that I should mm-hmm. be doing. <laughs> yeah. So and for our listeners, okay. for our listeners, uh, back there behind Jimmy, uh, I'm guessing you're at home in your basement. Or you're out at a fine restaurant and bar. No, this is upstairs. Uh, it's not oh, the basement. It's, upstairs. <laughs> I, it's, it's next to. It's actually next to my library. I wasn't sure if I was going to do this in the library, but then people would think I'm really mm-hmm. smart with all these books behind yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing about uh, 50 different ornate uh, alcohol bottles. Very, very uh, more. Oh, yeah, it's very, very well. He's panning back and forth. Very oh, beautiful. And there's. Uh, <laughs> There's a whole bunch down there. Wow. No, I, I, uh, I can actually, I, I used to joke when we were on tour, I'd go into a hotel bar and, and say to our drummer, Dennis, I said, well, I have a better selection in my house than this, this mm-hmm. place does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people are thinking you're joking then, and you're not. It's pretty funny. No. <laughs> I, my, I have a bad reputation. I, I you know, I, I like yeah. alcohol. I don't drink all mm-hmm. the time, obviously. I, yeah. You know, I... I eat raw spinach every day and celery and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, when it comes to alcohol, uh, well, my dad owned a bar when I was younger. When I was, um, okay. yeah. And uh, so I, you know, I started with the best. I always went for yeah. the top shelf. Mm-hmm. So it was yeah. always about quality. <laughs> quality. Right, right. You like, quality, not you like, quantity. You like bourbon at all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I started getting into it about, and I lost track of it. My brother and I were talking about it. I think it's been 15 years. I used to be a scotch drinker, and then, well, I still am occasionally. Mm-hmm. And um, 
No, I, I got turned on to bourbon, I, I'm guessing now, 15 years. I don't know okay. why all of a sudden, I, I would say, uh, oh, last month, but it was actually three years ago. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know yeah. what happened to time. Yeah. Time just, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden I'm 63 years old. I mean, what, mm -hmm. what the hell? When I make, uh, I'll, I'll, I like to cook too. So if I'll make oh, chicken cool. fajitas or something or Mexican, mm -hmm. I'll have tequila Mm -hmm. shots mm -hmm. before uh, not shots but i'll have one or two before dinner yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. and then red wine with italian meals mm -hmm. and, you know. yeah yeah matching it i only i only drink bourbon on sunday nights only yeah. sunday nights yeah. yeah we we watch a lot of tv sunday nights that's our tv night yeah like walking dead and so i just started I, <laughs> i'll only have well that that makes it so that i don't have bourbon every night you know so i have a <laughs> just Sunday. Well, that's the what only matches why... with The Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't drink during Walking Dead uh, or Bloody Mary. Walking Dead. Yeah. I uh, and that's one of the reasons I've lost weight because we haven't been playing since March. And um, so what happens when we play is there always seems to be a bottle of something around. Mm -hmm. And when you're on stage and performing and you're up there for two hours or whatever, your adrenaline's really going. And all of a sudden, you don't realize how much you drank. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and beer. Beer puts the weight on. Yeah. Well, that's why I started drinking Guinness years ago, because it's less calories than beer. And, and I like it mm -hmm. better. Yeah. That and the pizza after the shows. Uh -huh. if, yeah. If you put <laughs> late, pizza, late, night, late night pizza, late night pizza, nothing like it. I know, except that's what's been preventing me from losing weight. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. since we haven't been playing since, well, since March, I haven't been doing that. And uh, mm -hmm. I lost 25 pounds just by mm -hmm. doing nothing. Uh, Plus being on the road, it's, there are places that have healthy foods, but it's. <laughs> yeah, but. But, specifically, at, but after the show late at night, it's hard to find, you know, you're going to eat pizza and you're going to eat. Yeah. Maybe a burger. You know. I'm starving yeah. after a show. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know if you have any idea what, you know, you're up there and, and yeah. I don't know what it is, but it, it could be, we could be done with a show at midnight or whatever. And um, I'm starving. I mean, yeah, we yeah. all are. <laughs> yeah. And you're the one that jumps off the stage and goes, it uh, <laughs> goes down with your electric guitar in the, among the fans. So uh, a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I uh, don't know if I can keep doing that. <laughs> so this, um, so let's talk about the new album first. By the way, this oh. is coffee, really. Oh yeah, I'm, all right. I'm having so cold seltzer. water. Cold water. Seltzer. New new album. New album. Um, the bar. Well, oh, that. Yes, yeah. that one. Um, so the so the bar is it's you, Danny, uh, Adlerman. Kurt yes. Ryle yes. and uh, from the Grip Weeds. And yeah. the bar is your last name, the beginning letter of your last name. Right. That was my clever idea at the time. Yeah, it works. Now, it was works. this. Um, so, how did, how, did, how, did, it, how did this project, how did the project come together? How well, you Danny Eidlerman was, he's, he's a children's book author, him and his wife, Kim. And um, I helped him um, do some recording for his children's record mm -hmm. uh, CD. Cool. So I introduced him to Kurt, and then we started, you know, doing that. And then uh, he started writing other songs that weren't children-type lyrics. So mm -hmm. uh, that's how that happened. We st slowly started recording these songs, and some of these songs go back, I I'm guessing now maybe 20, at least 15 years. 
but oh, wow. uh, it's just been sitting in the can. I mean, mm-hmm. the same with my solo stuff. Uh, I've got stuff that's over 25 years old that I haven't released. It's, it's already mm-hmm. done. I just have yeah. to master it and put it out. But because of my day job and touring with the band and people dying and this and that, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it just, um, you run out of, um, I don't know. You just try to prioritize. Yeah. And so um, Danny just uh, said, oh, let's put it out. And I said, well, yeah. and, and this is during this, um, this pandemic right now. I said, well, you'll have to do it. I can't, I'm not going to go in the studio. It's already done. So Kurt mastered mm-hmm. it. And then uh, oh, okay. Danny's wife did the cover. And um, like your songs, you already had recorded or you recorded the vocals in your house? Oh, that or? was done. That was done 15, a good 15 years ago is when I, sang that well, stuff the song katie's shoes sounds familiar i don't know if maybe i've heard oh, that before uh i did give it to uh carl yeah there, there's a, a radio station in in uh in syracuse uh and uh i i had them i let they, they asked me if like they could have a song for their uh, cd compilation for to raise money and and uh, i gave them that song mm-hmm. back then and that might have been like 15 years ago I don't know. Well. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually surprised at how many unfinished and finished songs I have. Like, there's got to be at least a hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. there's a sitting there in 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 my my record room mm-hmm. on cassette so, tapes and CDs. Yeah. And it's just time. Sometimes you, you got to dedicate yeah. a lot of time to honing the song and you know put, getting it the way you want it. And like yeah, you said, and, with, and you, with time, yeah. time is. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I thought about this and, and I started working at the bank 20 years ago. It was in 2001 because I remember it was right after 9-11. And I, I started working in October, a month after, because my neighbor, uh, who was a senior VP at the bank at the time, he retired now, was in the World Trade Center when it went down. And yep. that's how I got the job. He was walking his dog in October and I just jokingly said, um, you know, uh, my wife, Betty, who passed away mm-hmm. five years ago now, she said, you know, you should think about getting the job because there weren't many shows on the books back then, uh, smithereen shows. And mm-hmm. So Andy was walking his dog. He, he survived the, the Twin Towers. He was, he was one of the people that was covered with all the soot and everything wow. Wow. In, in his suit. But he's, he lives right across the street from me, and, and um, so he survived it. And he, he, so I said, you know um, – he, he said, uh, I, I said, you know, Betty wants, uh, you know, she says I should get a job. And so he, he got back right away and he said, you know what, I'll, I'll give you a call on Monday. I think we have an opening. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I don't have any clothes. I, mm-hmm. I have T-shirts and jeans. I don't have any yeah, shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By Tuesday, I was there with this fake resume. Well, I shouldn't even say this. It's probably going to be on the air, but I've been there long enough now. Mm-hmm. He said, don't yeah. worry about it. You'll learn what you need to do. You'll be fine. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so, you're going to go out and buy clothes, right? Dress shoes. Yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah, stuff. all that. Yeah. <laughs> shave. I had to shave, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> do you meet with people, like, when you're, work- when you're working in the, the building? Like, oh, do you yeah. sit at a- Okay. I sit in a cubicle, okay. and most yeah. people, I, they're very few, they... Look, I remember when, when we got this offer to play with Tom Petty and my boss, I, I told her, I said, look, I, um, uh, you know, I have this opportunity to go play uh, hockey arenas and, you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she never heard of Tom Petty. What? Uh, so the, the people wow. that I work with are all, you know, Chinese, Japanese, mm -hmm. uh, Trinidad. Um, they're from all over the world. India. Yeah. They have no, they don't listen to me. Right. <laughs> they don't, yeah. Okay. Even, if, wow. even if I told them that I play guitar in a band, they wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And they, heard they wouldn't of the even Beatles. care, possibly. So what I like about it is I'm, I'm pretty anonymous there. It's just, you know, I just mm -hmm. blend in with everybody. And um, yeah. just, I'm just that guy that does yeah. what he does. Jimmy, so I, found that, that in the, I found that in the sports world. So, you know, I've got three kids and they're young adults now. But just, uh, you know, uh, um, I was in a rock band and an ancient folk band. And, you know, I'm trying to have conversation with uh, some of these other sports dads, you know. And it's the same thing. They're so into football and basketball. They're actually, all they know about music is, is uh, classic rock. They listen to the radio and they don't know right. anything like, yeah, anything else. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> the banking world. Tom, that's, but not to know Tom Petty. That's like not yeah. knowing the Beatles, you know, but my parents, <laughs> my parents didn't, my dad never listened to music. My mom liked country music. And I bet you she couldn't name one of the Beatles, back in the, <laughs> even back in the 70s or 80s. Yeah. It's, it's good for me because I don't want to talk about myself or the band. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, I, I'm, <laughs> I just want to do my work and go home, you know? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. When you play the shows and then afterwards you meet, you know, the fans, that's when, when you're in, in it, you know, but not, yeah. You don't want to. Not your whole life. 24-7, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And there, there are times when we play in California or the, the West Coast, and I'll, I'll get on a um, – I'll bring my work clothes with me, and, and uh, I'll uh, take the red eye, get to Newark at 6 a.m., and then go to the work parking lot, sleep in my car for an hour, and then come up with my clothes. I mean, there are a few people that come in, have come into work early and, and, and like, where have you been? Mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm just in L.A. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and up on stage playing I find myself sometimes on the weekends, I'm driving around in Nebraska on the way to a gig, and I'll rent a car at the airport. And then all of a sudden, I'm thinking like, wow, I'm driving around in Nebraska, and now I'm going to be back at work Monday morning. <laughs> it's yeah. really a weird, weird lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, that, that's adventure, though, that a lot of us don't have. That's, a, that's some, some great travel across the U.S., Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been yeah, to awesome. uh, 48 of the states. I'm missing uh, Alaska and then one of those big ones. I can't remember which one, but I, Mon I, I Wyoming? I don't know because I've seen I've seen the uh Mount Rushmore. That's South Dakota, right? South Dakota. Uh -huh. We played Fargo. So it's either Wyoming or Montana. But we have we I know I played one of those because there was some kind of big festival we played. Mm -hmm. So the, the the last one is going to be a mystery state. <laughs> <laughs> this one's called Blood and Roses. People who may not know the Smithereens, of course, Jimmy, who we're talking to, he's the guitarist. 
We got Dennis Dyke in drums, Mike Maceres, um, bass, and the late Pat Denizio, um, lead singer, rhythm guitarist, songwriter. Most people might not know that you were not born in New Jersey. You were not born in the United States. Is that true? Oh, God. You were born in Austria. Is that yes. true? Okay. Salzburg, to be exact, yes. So when, when did you... Um, me and Mark started to... like this. <laughs> <laughs> what? When did you first come to the uh, U.S.? Oh, I was like a year old. Age. Oh, okay. Exactly a year yeah. old. My, my parents uh, are both from Hungary. And uh, long story short, after World War II, the Soviet Union stayed in all the Eastern European countries and kind of took it over and turned them into communist countries. So before that, they were free. My grandfather had a vineyard and he owned a tavern. Mm -hmm. So um, by 1956, there was a tiny revolution where uh, they rebelled against the Russians. And uh, of course, they lost because they were throwing rocks at tanks. And Eisenhower did say he was going to help. But, uh, you know, there was no interest for the United States to get involved with with that. So. Mm There was a period of time, like three days, where people were able to escape from Hungary to Austria. The, the borders were kind of, the, the guards were shooting up into the air. So all well, these people fled. So my parents and my uncle, who was 16 at the time, my dad was 18, I think, and my mom 17. They uh, escaped into Hungary, and they were in various different uh, camps, immigration camps. And by the time they made it to Salzburg, uh, they were in a, we were there for two years. Uh, I was born exactly nine months after they escaped. Oh, wow. And they got married. And then, uh, and then it, took them, uh, it took them two years to come to the United States. Uh, my grandmother's sister, my, my dad's aunt, lived in the United States. She was born here. Because back in, in the 20s and stuff, people used to come here from Europe. And then mm-hmm. some of them would go back, some of them would stay. But uh, it, it still took my parents two years to uh, come here. And then, you know, and then here I am. I just mm-hmm. uh, happen to be born there. So that means I can't be president. So they came in- <laughs> That is too bad, isn't it? <laughs> so they came And I was actually, oh. actually worried about being deported or something because many years ago, like in 1980, my, I had my original birth certificate and, and, and uh, my... Uh, my um, naturalization papers. I was naturalized in 1964 when I was seven years old. All those papers were in a safe with my mom's jewelry and my entire coin collection at the time. And it was stolen from my dad's house. And I didn't think of it. I didn't think I'd ever need my naturalization papers or my Mm -hmm. birth certificate or anything. So I I put it off. And then 9-11 comes around and I'm like, oh, my God, I read in the paper that there was this um, Italian guy born in Italy. He fought in World War II with the United States, but he didn't have his papers, and they wanted to deport him. And he was like yeah. in the 70s. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I guess I got to get this stuff. So I, I, I uh, called up who I needed to call up, and it took me six months to get my um, naturalization papers um, and it costs like $375, but it's yeah, worth it. Wow. So now I'm, yeah. I'm bona fide, I'm, I'm legal. Well, it's good that you got yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always was, you know, but it's kind of scary yeah. when you think about it. It's like you need to have papers. Yeah. 
Well, and I don't know we what live, the hell I would. I don't know what the hell I'd do yeah. in Austria. I don't speak German or anything. <laughs> oh yeah. No. yeah. I've heard of Arnold Schwarzenegger, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jimmy, in uh, August, you guys did a quarantine concert. I watched the video. Uh, Robin's Front Yard. Oh, Robin Wilson, yes. Yeah, Jim yeah, Gordon. right there. And, um, yeah, it was right there in the front yard. I wish they had panned the audience I, I, uh, in, the, in the front yard. I didn't get to see them there. But uh, uh, how did that come about? How did that, uh, how did that go for you? Well, that was Robin's idea. He, uh, he lives in Arizona, but he also has a, a place in Long Island, I think. Not too yeah, far. Yeah, it was Long there. Island. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, he just wanted to do it. He's been doing stuff from his basement, yeah. and then he thought it would be fun if we did it. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was yeah. pretty simple. There weren't many people there. I mean, and people were really socially distanced. And, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was fun. It was a and it was a fundraiser as well for uh, uh, Crohn's Colitis Foundation. Oh, right. That was yeah, that's yeah. why Robin did it. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to raise some money that way and, and entertain the people as well. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, yeah, and to play because I, I yeah. haven't done much of that lately except for myself. Yeah, yeah. I think he, Dennis, I think he did one earlier in the year. So he's done okay. a couple of them in front of his. Yeah, house. he's he's done a few on his own also. Yeah, the one yeah. time they showed the the crowd, it was it wasn't a crowd though. It was probably neighbors and <laughs> yeah, people walking down the street and. Oh yeah, they didn't even yeah. know that uh, a guy from the Gin Blossoms lived yeah. there. <laughs> well, he was doing a couple of Gin Blossom songs. I said to my wife, "Imagine, you know, you're walking down the street, and like that yeah. sounds like, you know, the Gin Blossoms." Yeah. Yeah, that guy, that guy, that guy does it pretty well. Yeah. He does a Robin uh, pretty yeah. well. <laughs> Robin is lead singer, Smithereens on some of the shows, along with Marshall Crenshaw. Right. Uh, but Rob, Robin's been a fan a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the first time he met you guys uh, was at, he worked at a record store. In, yes, uh, before he was uh, in, uh, in the Gen Tempe, Tempe, Arizona, if I say that right. Tempe, uh, yeah. Tempe, yeah. Tempe. And he has, a, he has a tattoo, right? Blood and Roses. Uh, oh, that's right. interesting. Yeah, he, uh, I, yeah, it was during the Green Thoughts tour in 1988. We passed by and we used to sign autographs at the record stores back then. And um, he was working there. He was a clerk. And him and his uh, future bandmates came to see, they would see us on every tour in Arizona. And then with Marshall Crenshaw, same thing. He, we, you know, we met him. We, we played a bill with, we played with him in 1981. We opened up for okay. him in, in, in Jersey at the, uh, it wasn't called the fast lane then. It was called um, something else for a year. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, we got to know him and he played on our first album. He played on some of our demos, okay. uh, Strangers When We Meet. But then when we actually recorded the song, uh, for our first album, he came and did the keyboards, and he brought along with him this uh, eight-string or eight-string uh, baritone guitar. So he ended up using that on on White Castle Blues. Okay. So uh, I don't know if you know that part, but there's a part where it goes boom, ba da ba da ba da ba da boom, ba boom. Anyway, that's that's Marshall Crenshaw. Oh, but wow. he he was credited on the album as Jerome Jerome because um, <laughs> well he he was with uh, Warner Brothers or something, so nobody knew he was on the album. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so people got to look for Jerome Jerome. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's that's interesting. Yeah, so, so we how go did, way back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the Smithereens were on Capitol Records for their first four albums, which is 
just incredible, right? To be to be signed to Capital. Well, it started out with Enigma, okay. this small label, okay. and then they had a distribution deal with Capital, and then after the first album did really well, then they kind of wanted to take us over. I mean, Capital, Sinatra, the Beatles, the Beach Boys. Um, Wayne did you were you getting were you getting Wayne radio? radio airplay at the t- like how how did the record contract come about i mean i it, maybe it's complicated all right well here's the thing I'm, I'm going back to those days we didn't have a record deal we decided we're going to start recording an album on our own so we already had half the album recorded mm-hmm. so those became demo tapes that we sent and then enigma okay. heard tapes they signed us and then we recorded six additional songs or seven maybe with like Kessler Blues and then Don Dixon came in and mixed the original okay. six and recorded six new songs so that was going to be our next independent record but we got picked up by Enigma mm-hmm. which was distributed by Capital um, and you know I think looking back I think Blood and Roses could have been a bigger hit mm-hmm. if, if they had it together they didn't release the single till like six months later and we kept touring and touring we toured the country three times we toured for 18 months on that first album it kept snowballing and getting bigger and bigger yeah and then the next album green thoughts you know went over to capital but i remember they weren't really interested and only a memory you know, it was barely, it, it only reached 99 on the charts. It was number one on the rock radio charts, but they didn't really promote yeah. it. used to live in was going to be the second single they printed it up and then mtv didn't want to put the video on heavy rotation and then they Mm -hmm. they destroyed all the singles so i have the covers for them you know that dennis Mm -hmm. saves because they were going to throw them out some of the covers and we've been selling them on the website the actual picture sleeve without the record Uh but and i do have a couple of the records i did manage to get some but so anyway that was it. And then even when we put out the 11 album, they, they didn't think Girl Like You was going to be a hit either. And um, so it was always a struggle yeah. for us. So going back yeah. to the first album, yeah, Behind the Wall Sleep, Blood and Roses, they could have been much bigger had mm-hmm. we had good publicity and, and people behind us, like the machine. I call it the machine. Yeah, and back yeah, then uh, MTV could make or break a band too. And they yeah. did, you know. We were, we were all watching, you know. We were, I mean, we if you saw the same videos. video, like, every hour, every other hour, you, it was in your brain, it was in your mind, you know, and you might go out and buy, buy the album. Yeah. You know, I mean, that really helped. So for, with us, it was more word of mouth kind of thing, and, and uh, the college radio stations and, and some, of the, some of the major radio stations were behind it, you know. Uh, so thank God for that because the record company really didn't, uh, wasn't really big into yeah. it. <laughs> I think it was great. You guys were on Saturday night live. Yeah. That was, well, how yeah. was, how was that experience? I mean, do you well, remember? Uh, oh yeah. I remember do you, do you remember it? Yeah. But, it, but then again, it was just another day because we mm-hmm. were on tour. I think we were in okay. 
Massachusetts, and then we had to do a rehearsal on Thursday and then Saturday, and then we were off somewhere else um, mm -hmm, on yes. Monday. But it was, it was a whirlwind, and the reason we got on was because at that point, our manager was uh, Freddie DeMann, who um, also managed Madonna, so okay. he, had a lot of, he had a lot of clout. And then there were mm -hmm. some people at uh, Capitol that were pushing for us, but there was about 30 bands that were slotted for that, and we got it. I don't know how, but people really, mm -hmm. the machine was trying to work for us yeah. with that. <laughs> and, uh, and we did get on, um, which was yeah. amazing. So, but I didn't really think much of it uh, at the time, you know, um, like I said, it was just another day. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, looking back, it was, it was a great experience mm -hmm. for sure. And you just went there recently. Was it uh, last year? Two, uh, oh, no, last 2019. But you were on the stage, like <laughs> yeah, not 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 when it was live, but you you have to know somebody. Yeah, it was it okay. Was after, it was after. You're I was just alive. wondering if they gave you a tour again, or if you got to uh, sort of. Back. Yeah, okay. I did. I did. Okay. Yeah, it's you can't just walk up there. And <laughs> yeah, that's on my bucket list. Uh, Saturday Night Live. I've been watching since since it was on. I was like eleven. My parents would go to bed. I was going to say, how old were you? I... <laughs> well, my, parents, my parents would go to bed. They didn't know what I was watching. And I'd yeah. put on Saturday Night Live, you know, at like 11, yeah. being 11 years old. <laughs> but I, I don't know if I missed any episodes. Each episode is, you know, hit and miss. But yeah. it's always been like that. It's a shame they don't show the uh, musical guests anymore. Or yeah. they cut it out when they repeat it. And I, I think I know why. My guess is that they don't want to pay the musicians union because mm -hmm. I remember when I was on, I got a check for like $380 or something uh, from the union. And then they repeated it again. And I got another check for $380. And I'm like, oh. wow, this is cool. I hope they keep showing it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. But then uh, it stopped. So well, they, uh, I think that's the reason they probably don't want to pay. They started to put out the DVDs, but of course they're, you know, what are they in their 45th season? Yeah, about 45, yeah. They and put out the, like the first four seasons with the musical guests. Oh, really? Yeah. They might, have yeah. Diff they might have had different contracts back then. See, I don't know all that stuff. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It would take uh, a lot to put out all, all the seasons, you know. <laughs> yeah. You so... Know. Uh, Talking about being on SNL, Jim and I went to see you at the State Theater in Falls Church uh, repeated years, year after year, and uh, just love that venue. You know, we've been to lots of concerts, and I just love that venue. You can get up, you can sit at tables, you can be up on those, uh, the, the, the balcony in the back, those twin balconies, uh, looking down really close to the stage. So, um, yeah, so what are some of your favorite uh, venues? Uh, do you like, the, what do you think of Falls Church, uh, Virginia? It's one of my favorite uh, venues. I, I love the setup. Yeah. BB Kings used to be a little like that, where you could stand in the front of the band if you want, and you could sit in the back because, you mm -hmm. know, some people want to sit, some people want to yeah. stand. But I play much, I, maybe I'm not professional enough, but I play better when there's people standing right up against the stage. Mm -hmm. And then usually, they used to put barriers up in, in front of the stage. I'm like, take those barriers down. I want to. I want yeah. the people right up against the yeah. stage. Yeah, I, I definitely right. play better. Um, yeah, it probably makes it probably makes a difference when because when people are just sitting in chairs, uh, and we were at that uh, the other place in Annapolis. Um, you know, you're Ram's just sitting. 
Yeah, ram's head. But, you know, I didn't enjoy it as much because I'm forced to sit or or go standing along the wall, which is awkward, all the way in the back, or, you know, go out for a, a smoke or rest or something. But uh, just to just to be alive and to, to, to mingle around, I think I'm going to get closer and farther. And, uh, you know, it's um, it's really cool. Yeah. I, I just, I, lo- I love it. I lo- we, it have, is- we have such great memories watching you guys and just partying with you guys there at the at mm-hmm. Paul's church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is strange when you're playing and then you, the table in front of you, somebody's eating a salad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not rock are you, and roll. Are and you, you hear plates and forks and. Yeah. You are you rocking there. with me or what? Uh, you're not yeah. singing along because you got lettuce in your mouth. We, yeah. we went to Falls Church 10 years in a row. Like yeah. every year. And um, Mike lived in Virginia. Of course, I, you know, lived in Pennsylvania and yeah. Yeah. New Jersey. But I would travel to Falls Church and we would meet, meet there. Mike and I saw you. Well, we didn't see you guys, but the first time uh, was 87 at the Stone Pony. We couldn't get in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a whole story. <laughs> yeah. And then 88 uh, was the Green Thoughts tour. Yeah. The, we saw man, was that the, the, the Beacon. Yeah, in Manhattan. So Mike, Mike had only seen you in eight, seen the Smithereens in 88 and then Falls Church. I'm not sure when we started going there, but we decided this is what we're going to do every year. You know, if we don't yeah. see each other all year, we're going to go see the Smithereens. The one year we decided to mix it up and go to Ram's Head. So we've only been there once. Yeah. But like Mike was saying, it's more like a dinner, dinner theater. Yeah. Atmosphere. I, it's, it's, yeah. Not, it's not as much of a party as just sit and listen. So do you remember the Beacon Theater back in 88? Was it, you, you say 88? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, 88. Yeah. Do you remember that show, uh, or <laughs> yeah, was it just another day? Was it just another day, bro? Well, yeah, it was just another day, but I do yeah. remember that one because uh, I remember not liking my guitar sound that night. I had this white Rickenbacker, mm-hmm. and then, uh, well, for various reasons, I remember it, but uh, yeah. well, what's your memory yeah. of it? <laughs> <laughs> no, and you guys rocked. You and guys Paul rocked. Kelly and the Messengers was the opening band. Australian band. Yeah. 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 Now the so, only thing I um, remember, the only thing I remember is um, Pat had this remote control car. Right. Would come yeah. Someone would light a cigarette and put it on the antenna, and the car would and he'd take yeah. the cigarette. I don't remember much from the <laughs> that concert, but so this is this is so long ago. You could light up on stage, huh? This is that's you know. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, Pat was doing that for a while with the remote control car. Our crew would light a okay. cigarette and have it come okay. out. They also did a miniature Stonehenge that they would uh-huh. uh, let down from the ceiling, and it was really tiny. <laughs> uh, we did all kinds of stupid things like that. I don't think we saw that. I don't. I don't remember that one. Well, you, you know, you, you have to. You're you're on tour for months and months, and you get. It's just you do things for yourself that you think are funny, but. I didn't think you would remember the the car, you know. Yeah, the remote I remember car. the things that stood out, you know. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you about that car. <laughs> we were at a hotel once, and Pat was really hungover, and he he could get really ornery, you know. And and and, <laughs> and so we're checking out of the hotel, and we're all waiting there, and the tour manager's dealing with the hotel clerk. And if you ever saw a spinal tap, you know, the hotel clerk, it's just, <laughs> yeah. so this poor guy, Pat put the remote control car on the counter and mm-hmm. then he would 
press the button and make it fall in behind the counter uh-huh. to the guy. And the guy picked it up. He was a little yeah. perturbed. Mm-hmm. And, and then so Pat did it like three times. And the guy said, look, if you keep doing that, I'm going to keep the car. So mm-hmm. Pat <laughs> pressed the button, did it again, flew over the counter, and he threw the remote at him. <laughs> and yeah, you keep it. yours. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that was no the more end of cigarette, the car. No more cigarettes coming on stage. No, no more car, no. <laughs> You guys um, did a show or maybe a, more than one show in, in uh, Stockholm, Sweden. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you only well, go we, there? How many times have you been there? We went there before we were assigned to a, a label. We had our Beauty and Sadness EP, and there was a promoter in Sweden that heard it that brought us over there for a, a month. And uh, we did uh, a couple of shows in Sweden, one in Finland and one in Norway. And uh, we, we stayed at the promoter's apartment, all in oh, okay. bunk, bunk beds. We were like uh-huh. the monkeys or the beetles. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it was, that was in 1984. And uh, that was fun. And then when we went back, it was 87. We, every tour of Europe, we'd go to Scandinavia. And, and mm-hmm. okay. we even went to Iceland, which was really fabulous. Wow. Uh, you only flew you over say? Iceland. Does, didn't look like there was much there, but that was just from the range. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was great, great. Dennis and mm-hmm. I walked around, and uh, we played at the Opera House there. We we had the number one record there for for that month, and um, uh, above Madonna and Michael Jackson, it was like really weird. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got off the plane, we were awesome. interviewed. You guys yeah. were big in Australia too. Oh, not really that big. I no? mean, you know, okay. we played the. The smaller theaters and the bigger bars. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's funny, Nirvana was touring at the same time there. They were bubbling under. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I had gotten to meet them. But, um, but yeah, Iceland, uh, two nights at the Opera House, sold out. And then uh, the, I don't know if you ever heard of the Sugar Cubes. Um, yes. they, oh, yeah. They, it was their first gig opening for us. was their first show ever. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah, Bjork. We saw um, them once. They were with um, Public Image Limited. It was at PNC or what was the Garden State Art Center. But right. We got there too late. We got there late and they did their last song before they went off. And it was that cat, cat, cat song. <laughs> so that, it was on their first up. They were a little It's an odd. outrageous song. Yeah, I like the sugar. So, oh, that's what I remember. I remember about the Sugar Cubes. They they opened for us in Iceland, and then the guitar player fell into the orchestra pit and broke his arm. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. I remember that. Wow. And so, anyway, enough about Iceland. Yeah. No, no, that's, yeah. that's, that's news. The Sugar Cubes opened for you, and that was their, their first gig? What were you saying? Yeah. Yeah. They, wow. They, they wow. just formed. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah was 1987. 1987. Yeah. Well, that's where they're and, from. And Bjork yeah. was pretty young. Then she must have been. Oh, yeah, she must have been. Yeah. 19, 20, in, or even younger. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> ask her age. I just, <laughs> just another day. Okay. <laughs> another day with whale steak on the menu. <laughs> I tried whale oh. steak while I was there. Really? Yeah, yeah. I figured how often am I going to see that on a menu? So yeah. well, we, went to, we went to Stockholm a couple of years ago, and uh, they used to serve whale, but they don't serve it anymore you know mm-hmm. yeah i mean there was a, yeah, a meatball place that had all 
reindeer meatballs, uh, buffalo, you know. <laughs> and they used to have it. They said whale, but they, I guess they can't serve it anymore. Yeah, well, there's yeah. places that have exemptions. There's cultures that have exemptions, and they can keep whale hunting, you know, up in Alaska and, and Iceland. You know, they get those exemptions so they can keep uh, hunting, you know, because of their culture. Well, that's yeah. all they do. I mean, Iceland doesn't – fishing is their – that's it. Who Who's the most – interesting person you've met like famous person or maybe someone that you looked up to or in music and you finally got to meet uh, i had a chance to meet pete townsend one time they were we were rehearsing in new york at a place called sir it's a you know big rehearsal hall and um many rooms there and and pete townsend was in the next room with the tommy play you know they were rehearsing mm-hmm. Okay. And, and our crew came, a guy from our crew came and said, you want to meet, you want to meet Pete Townsend? He's in the next room. And I, mm-hmm. I said, nah, it's just, it just didn't feel right. And I, I heard. Sometimes he, you don't know what to say. It's not that. It's not that. I, uh, I, I don't get starstruck. I don't, uh, mm-hmm. I, I ran into Bruce Springsteen once uh, a couple of years ago at the airport. I was in the, um, okay. at the time, at the time it was continental. I, I was in the lounge. I go into the lounge. And uh, the bartender knew me there and everything. I, I like sitting in the lounge because it's quiet and there's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, nice chairs and everything. So Springsteen comes in and, and uh, I start talking to him because we did this 9-11 thing together in 2001, uh, this charity thing. So I'd met him before. So he says to me, uh, why don't you sit down? How much time you got? And I say, I got an hour and a half. He said, yeah, me too. I got an hour and a half. He's going to Belgium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Patty, his wife, to see his daughter, uh, see their daughter in an equestrian competition. Yeah. So, and, and Bruce lives not far from here, he, from me, mm-hmm. uh, like 20 minutes. So, but I, it's not like I hang out with him. I don't, you know, yeah. I'm not buddy-buddy with him. But, but I sat there for a ha- an hour and a half with him just talking, not really about music, wow. but more about family and food mm-hmm. and diet, you know, and yeah. exercise and just normal stuff. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I um, he seems like a pretty down to earth guy. He tries to be. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's hard for him oh, yeah. to, to do that, but he, <laughs> but he tries. And I, he had handlers because I, I noticed that people were keeping other people away. Yeah, like, yeah. for autographs and for pictures. Like and me, stuff. that would <laughs> people like you. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> so we, we, you know, it was great. We just sat there. People like me, they go, Bruce, Bruce, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that that makes sense, Jimmy. That definitely makes sense. We uh, we love his uh, Western Stars album from a year ago. You know, you familiar with that? Uh, no, I I don't have that okay. one. Yeah, you have to see the orchestra. film too. Yeah, the film made a film full orchestra. So you've got him with you know drums, guitar, bass, but then it's also a full orchestra, just bringing the richness uh, of strings back behind him and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I've been yeah. meaning to check it out. So. Is there any um, any news you can tell us on a new Smithereens album? <laughs> well, yeah, give us some a, scoop. A scoop, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we have something that's going to be called the Lost Album, and okay, so when we lost our record deal with Capitol in 1993, mm-hmm. and we decided, okay, again, like with the first album, we're just going to start recording. So we went to a studio in New York and we recorded about 24, 25, 26 songs. And then we got a deal with RCA 
So we took like 12 of those songs and re-recorded them for, it was called A Date with the Smithereens. Mm -hmm. But we have all that stuff. We have, it could be like Date Naked, like Let It Be uh -huh. Naked. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Some, someday we're going to release that, an alternate universe date with the Smithereens, because we recorded all those songs. And then there's the other half that nobody's ever heard. So we're going to release that hopefully in the spring, in May. I didn't want to release it until we can tour again, but we're going to have to because it's delaying everything. So we're going to put that out. And it's going to be exciting because, you know, we were younger. Pat's voice was still more youthful than it than it than it was later on and um and the songs were interesting and um and then in the meantime where i'm writing songs with marshall crenshaw and with uh, robin wilson and i even mm -hmm. have one with susan Cowsell that i'm um, okay hoping works out and of course dennis and mike you know dennis uh, mike already came up with bass parts for all the new songs that i've been working on and uh, I've written about 16 new songs since uh, this oh, pandemic. Wow. So I'm just going to keep writing and keep mm -hmm. going, and then we'll just pick the best ones. And hopefully by 2022, because, you know, we'll need time to record it and get together, and I'm yeah. waiting for a vaccine before I go into a studio or anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't want to risk, you know, with the saliva yeah. and whatnot. So realistically, all right, the Lost album uh, this coming in this year, 2021, mm -hmm. a new album, 2022, and then there's other stuff. There's other stuff mm -hmm. in the vaults, and then I we're going to move on. I find you it know? interesting, yeah. Robin Wilson and Marshall Crenshaw, I know maybe they'll sing different songs, but if they sang together, I don't... Yeah, know. well, they'll be new. <laughs> they'll be brand new songs, and it's not yeah. going to sound like the Jim Blossoms. It's going to sound yeah. like us. Yeah. Without yeah. Pat, but with mm -hmm. you know different singer, I think Robin's oh. a good a good fit for for the Smithereens. Yeah, I because he's more yeah. a rocker, and I've seen a couple of shows with Robin with you guys. And mm -hmm. yeah, we got I to meet Robin. He fit. was really he was really accommodating and friendly. Uh, that was at Falls Church, I believe. Um, yeah, so it was just it was great to meet him and and talk with him for a little bit. Yeah, very cool. You got I one more know, thing. Let's, Unless Jimmy what? wants to, I do? No, I'm talking to the other Jim. You're Jimmy. <laughs> I think we might have covered everything. Oh, I'm we, start taking oh no, wait a minute. I do have one last thing here. I'm going to start is taking our, uh, my tree down, you know? It's, it's the new year. Taking, and I take my Christmas we'll tree. It up oh, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you meant taking down a live tree. That fell in a tree. But no, no, the Christmas tree. I got to do that, too. Yeah, yeah I'm going to get my I chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take down a tree. I'm like... <laughs> Which one? <laughs> you can leave it up till next that. Christmas. You know? I actually had to do that because I have three acres, and and come a couple during the one of the storms we had lost a lot of trees. So I, I was out there yeah. with the chainsaw cutting it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to be careful with your fingers. It's your you know, for guitarists, has to be extra careful. Yeah, I've never used <laughs> yeah. a chainsaw. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. I'll bring one over. I'll bring one over next time. I've used hedge clippers, but. So you, you said you had one more question? Oh, we have our mystery question. Okay. Oh, okay. Now you have to pick a number between one and seven, and then yeah. you'll get that question. So what's your number? Well, it was going to be eight, but... Uh... <laughs> okay, five. Okay, this is a... This is a well, they're all kind of odd. 
Okay, you're in a well, plane crash. You know, I don't expect anything else. Okay. <laughs> you're in a plane crash and swim oh, to a great. deserted, and you swim to a deserted island. Now, only your portable turntable and three of your favorite albums have survived. <laughs> three. What are those? What are those three albums you'll be playing for a long time? Possibly. And, and how am I going to crank that thing up to work if there's no electricity on well, the a It's a Victorola. It might be a battery on it. And, you know, might oh, and last the professor for a from Gilligan's Island is there, you know. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. He can hook it up. Your generator what, also. I, I, it would be better if I just had acoustic guitar with me because then I could just okay. keep playing forever. But okay, so. Uh, well, we could do what? What are the three songs that you would play on your guitar? Go. <laughs> they, they would be unknown. They would be brand new. Okay. Oh, yeah. let's see. Let's go. Three albums. Um, all right. That's tough because mm -hmm. um, I was watching High Fidelity the other night on cable because it's it's on for some reason again. And I don't know if you know, I used to own a record store back yeah. in the early '80s, and when that music movie in came a, out, music in a different kitchen. Well, it was called Flaming Groovies, then Captain Video, oh. of course, because okay. I added videos. Oh, yeah. So it was uncanny how similar it was to my store, but um, I guess all independent record stores mm -hmm. were like that back then. They were all sno we'd have snooty conversations about this and that. And uh, so in the movie, he, he had top fives of everything, top five this, top five that. Mm -hmm. So it reminds me of that. And then I was talking to my girlfriend, Cindy, about it. And I said, I, if, if I did a top, five, top 10, I'd have to have different categories, like top 10 jazz, top 10 Christmas, yeah, top, 10, yeah. top 10 British, top 10 American, top 10 punk. So anyway, mm -hmm. to pick three out of all the categories <laughs> yeah. of music is yeah. really impossible. So my answer to that would be today. So it's not going to be the same. Like people okay. have asked me my yeah. top 10 and they've been mm -hmm. on the internet all over. And it's like, yeah. that was just that day. Okay. So what would it be? So, it's your, so it's your mood today then. Yeah. What's, what's the mood? Oh man. <laughs> uh, I think Jeff Beck's truth album. Okay. Which is an odd choice uh, today. <laughs> um. You know, it, it would be easy to say Pet Sounds, but okay, Pet Sounds. That's mm -hmm. always been, always been. You know what? I know what, because McCartney 3 is out right now, which I haven't heard yet. Yeah. The first McCartney record, I love mm -hmm. that album. I was... I just I was, listened to that a couple weeks ago. I was ago. in eighth grade, and mm -hmm. I grew up with that album. I love it. I, I love that whole album. So I love the organic feel of it and um, mm -hmm. that he played all the instruments and... Well, these yeah, are so ones you wouldn't, you wouldn't get tired of, too. Like, I wouldn't get tired of it. No, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I don't okay. get... There's very little I get tired... You know, I do get tired of stuff, but... You know what's funny? I put on the Green Thought... I don't listen to our records much, but I put on our Green Thoughts record the other day because, mm -hmm. to me, it's always been a Christmas record because we recorded it in December okay. of 87. And I remember rushing to get home for Christmas that year. So to me, it's always a Christmas record. So I put it on, and this is going to sound weird, but I'm listening to it as if I'm not in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn, this, this, this sounds really good. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it struck me as like, wow, I, I really like this album. Yeah. And, uh, to put myself back to like 30 years ago or whatever, is kinda, <laughs> it's kind of strange.
What's like another uh, person, maybe? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's how I think about a lot of things in my life. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, wow, that was me. I, you know, mm-hmm. and then like I'll see things on YouTube. Like we did this thing with Belinda Carlisle, uh, uh, a live broadcast of us doing Blue Period, and I'm watching mm-hmm. it, going, I don't remember even being there or doing mm-hmm. it, and yet there I am. <laughs> on, on the video, it's, it's clearly me playing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I have uh, no recollection of it, you know. That's wild. All. That's wild. All right. Um, hey, uh, J- okay. Jimmy, it's been great talking you, to Jimmy. you. Um, great stories. Thanks for your time. Oh, hopefully, thank you. My pleasure. And hopefully we see you uh, this year at some point. Falls Church? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, we'll see by summer. Things might yeah. Things might be better. All right, thanks. Talk to you okay. soon. Have a good rest of the day, Jimmy. You too. Yeah. Intro and exit music by the band 99%. Today's show is produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. You can find Jim and Mike Talk on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and their host site, Podbean. The following songs were used today with permission from Jim Babjack. The Smithereens songs, Blood and Roses, and Only a Memory. The Bar, Katie's Shoes, and Crying in the Wind.